Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. All right, so I have to ask you about something. One of my favorite podcasts we've ever had, and I tell Brett this all the time. My wife tells Brett this all the time. Listeners have told us this. When you came on with us about a year ago, Uh, It's been one of the best podcasts we had. And you talked about the original matriarch of the of the Boone baseball clan, which was Patsy. Tell us about your mother-in-law, what she taught you. I still remember she gave you a Pendleton blanket. I think pencils <laughs> and a coffee in a in a coffee thermos, right? They no, are. Yeah. We call those pan. Gifts. Pan. Call no, those no. She gifts. told her to get an electric frying pan to take it wherever she needs to go. Right. Well, we call those boon gifts every year because they would always give us something strange for a gift, but yet it was the thing we needed the most. So when I had my first bridal shower, Patsy came to the bridal shower and she brought me a Pendleton blanket a Stanley thermos, a score book, and a pack of pencils. That was my shower gift. I used the, it was great. I still have the thermos. I still have the Pendleton blanket. And somewhere in the archives, I have the score book. Um, so when she, when we got married, I mean, to, to say that she was probably the best mother-in-law a girl could have would be understating it. She was phenomenal. And I remember her teaching me to pack. She taught me to pack. And back then, she, you know, she came over and showed me how to fold Bob's shirts and the best way to fold them to fit more in because we took everything with us then. You know, we couldn't afford to go buy stuff wherever we went. So we had to take it. She said, and don't forget your electric fry pan. She says, you are going to use that more than you use anything. And she was absolutely right. I took it with me everywhere. I used it all the time. I still have it to this day. Great fry pan. Um, she was she was fantastic. She never ever told me what to do, or she just she was always just there supporting me and showing me what she said was the best way. To, she felt worked for her and for me to try it. And if it worked, great. And if it didn't, she was always that way with me. And it was it was. Great. I mean, I can't imagine having to figure all this stuff out myself because she gave me so many words of wisdom. And she always said, don't turn down invitations to do great things while you're playing. Well, Bob's playing. Go and do all the things that you can do together because it goes by so fast. And she was absolutely right. It does go by so fast. And I think we took advantage of most of it, but it was probably because Patsy said, don't miss out. Don't miss out. They were always there to babysit if we needed them. And my mom was always around to babysit if we needed her. And um, so we did. And I was just talking to a friend of mine today, Jean Luzinski, um, who we played with Greg in Philadelphia. And she said, do you think we appreciated it when we were young? Because she says, now we're just old. I said, I know, I know. I said, I don't know if you will really appreciate your youth while you're there. You probably not as much as you should because we really did have fun. We had a great time. Bob, we always, we, we talk about the Boone baseball men, Ray, yourself, um, Brett, Aaron, and Matthew. 
and and we could talk about Jake and and all the grandkids, but we could talk about the Boone women because Sue, I feel like I know you because we talk <laughs> about you so much. Uh, I feel like I know what Patsy was like because we talk about her so much in the podcast. And then you know Brett is going to brag about his daughter. Bob, talk about the strong Boone women that have helped these Boone men achieve so much in life. Well, they handled everything. <laughs> you know, my mom was there uh, supporting all the time from high school on up and all the, you know, I played basketball and baseball and she was always there. <clears throat> she was always with my dad who was scouting and she had that knack of, of keeping all those, those charts uh, the whole time. So, uh, you know, she was a great mom and, and, uh, it was, it was, we had a, we had a great home, home, uh, living place. It was just fun place to live. And, and she was great. And my dad was great. And, you know, <clears throat> I spent my time growing up going to the ball game, going to the ball games with, uh, uh, to watch my dad. And he, he had gotten the big leagues when the, when the Cleveland Indians were going to their first World Series. And uh, the players, I would go, I went to all those games and, and I was two years old. And you couldn't go into the locker room then. I don't know what they held it, 15 minutes, 20 minutes after the game, and then they'd let kids go in. So that's something I always remember going into the, the locker room with the, the Cleveland Indians uh, at that time. And that's where I grew up. And then, and then uh, all the years my dad played, I could go to the ballpark with them and and do the things and go out and shag in the outfield and and hit swing once in a while and and uh, you know our boys got to do that not to the extent that I got to do it when I was being raised that way but you know my mom was there for everything she was always with my dad <laughs> they were, they were both at every game you know my dad's a scout my wife's I mean, my mom's she's keeping all the statistics all the time. So it was like, uh, what's what's our life like? Oh, it seems to be revolved around baseball. <laughs> and it stayed that way for the next 50 some years while, while I played. And it was kind of, you know, here's how I was raised. Here's how I want my kids to be raised. And they had the, they had a, a great setting. When I went to the Phillies, which was my first team, that the kids got to come in. Aaron and Brett got to come in and work out and shag fly balls when we were taking batting practice and do that. A lot of other teams didn't allow that. So they were raised. I know <laughs> when we were in Philadelphia, if, if I would leave early for the ballpark and not wait for them to get home from school, Oh man, I had we had. They were so angry. Sue's calling me. You got to take the kids, and they're crying and and doing all those things. Because, but the great thing with the Phillies is the Phillies let that happen. So they grew up at the ballpark, coming out with me, meeting every every coach, every player, and uh, being around them. And they knew, okay, something's happening right now. They knew. You guys get out of here. 
you can't hang around right now. You got to get out of here. And they were great at it. They got, uh, but they got brought up in that. And that's where you're hitting and throwing and catching and going to the outfield. Uh, that the year that Matthew was born, <clears throat> and I said when I went there and caught in the All Star game in in uh, Seattle, uh, I got to take. I left Sue at home to have the baby, and I took Aaron and Brett with me. That was part of the deal. I said, I'll take the boys with me. And they got to work out before the this game in the All-Star game. They were out in the outfield catching balls off the wall. It was unbelievable. Wait, wait, they, didn't, one of you, didn't one of you have a trick catch, Brett, where you catch balls behind your back? Yeah, that was Who, me. That was you? Okay, yeah. see, Sue. Now we know why he he walked in two months. Pete, that was from Pete Rose, wasn't it? No, Tug. Oh, Tug. 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 Yeah, Tug, Tug used to Tug used to do it all the time. That was kind of his yeah. moniker, and I kind of looked at him when I was little, and I said, "I can do that." So I started doing it when I was little, and then I would bring it up and I'd break it out. You know, during my playing career, I'd sit there sometimes right before in front of the dugout before the game, we'd get loose and I'd catch every ball behind my back. I always did that. I always did that. Was fun, but that came from Tug. I got the well, idea from Tug. Well, here's what I think is interesting because all three boys had similar upbringing, Sue, but they all had their own piece of their dad onto themselves. So, you know, as Brett's the oldest, he was around in Philadelphia and he told us that he wore that little Philadelphia Phillies uniform. Yeah. And then and then Aaron, after Brett went off to school, Aaron was around a lot during the Angels years. Yeah. And then if you ask George Brett which of the which is your favorite of the three Boone boys, he's going to say Matthew because Maddie was around a lot in Kansas city. So they all had similar stories, but they all got to have a little piece of their dad unto themselves. Sue. Yes, they did. They did. And I mean, and I think they're all grateful for that because like he said, he was gone half the time, but um, when he was there, he was with them because they got to go along with him all the time. And you know, they were very fortunate. Great thing happened in that time or that era, I guess, in baseball, and or the, the Phillies encouraged us to bring kids in, and then you started worrying when some of the other kids were coming and they couldn't do all the baseball things, uh, but they got to learn about that. They got to see us all the time and learn what baseball was about and how you lived it, and uh, it, it was <clears throat> it was a tremendous way that they were raised and and for me that I got to bring them to the park and work out and train. I know they learned they learned running around. Something would always happen with the major league team. And the kids learned, hey, you better get out of here now. Right. Oh you can <laughs> the feel that chill yell at us. What? You guys are gone. Get out of here. No, no, Brett, Brett, did you appreciate it? As much as you is is you do now, because like, so Sue, I'll tell you this. So I have a 22 year old son. He's uh, just a little younger than Jake, and and he looks to Brett as a mentor. So every once in a while, Brett will call and check on him, or or he'll call and tell Brett, "Here's what's going on." My son called me the other day. He says, "Dad, I don't think I appreciated the fact that I got to grow up doing my homework in the press box while <laughs> other kids were you know doing whatever they're doing. I don't think I appreciated the fact that we got to play catch when the team was on the road." Uh, so, Brett, did you appreciate and understand how special of an upbringing that you had? Not at all. I, I think at the time, I mean, and and now I look at kids, and that's why I have a lot of grace for kids because I think 
They're kids. They don't know. They're going to bump their head. They're going to learn life lessons. When I was a kid, I was just a kid. And I expected this is my life. And this is what dad, this was dad's job. Right. It wasn't anything special. And, and I think I've talked about it a lot on the, on the podcast. I had a, I had a great group of friends, uh, little man er, early in my life, the little man and his brother, uh, because they didn't make it a big deal. You know, now I look at it and yeah, of course, and we grew up in New Jersey and in that little town of Medford, it's a big deal that, that Bob Boone and Greg Luzinski, who Greg was right across the lake from us. We kind of grew up together with the Luzinski family. And of course, two, two prominent Philadelphia Phillies are living in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, I, I've lived that life now, so I know it is a big deal, but to us, it wasn't. And to my friends, they didn't make it a big deal. It was always downplayed and not a big deal. So I didn't think it was a big deal. I went to the ballpark every day. Like I said, I it was take your take your son to work day for me. Only it was every day. And I got to, you know, I got to, we talked about this before, Rich, in 1980 when, when the Phillies won the World Series. I slept at Pete Rose's house that night. That wasn't a big deal. And I got up the next day and we went to the, got on the float for the parade. And I still have pictures of me on the float. And I'm sitting there kind of like, when's this going to be over? You know, I got stuff to do with my buddies back at home. But now fast forward to adulthood and looking back on my childhood. Oh, how cool was that? And I appreciate it a lot more and, and really look, uh, to my child, it was such a special time for me. Some of my greatest baseball memories are are not just from my career, but from my childhood, watching dad play and being around those great Philly teams and the guys I used to hang out with. But no, as a as a kid, I didn't didn't appreciate it at all. It was it was almost like my right to go to the ballpark, have my uniform, and and go out and work out with these guys. But looking back, uh, I couldn't imagine a more special childhood, especially because it was what I grew up to do. And what we all grew up to do is to play professional baseball. What a training ground. And you know what I always say, I don't know how much it helped me, but I know it didn't hurt me. So yeah, nothing but special, special times. You mentioned grandpa. Grandpa was a huge part of my life uh, all the way to the end. I mean, right. he was, he was, we were just always close. Gramps was Gramps. You know, he'd give me a hard time. Uh, all the time. He never wanted to give you any credit. You deserved it. But no, and I told you, you'd walk away and he'd tell anybody within shouting distance how great his grandkid was. So I knew that. And, and it was a cool thing. It was uh, no awesome relationship. And I really had a, a cool, cool childhood. And mom, you know, dad mentioned it. I remember grandma Patsy, uh, the sweetest lady in the world that put up with my grandpa, who could be a pain in the ass. Um, but she was, <laughs> she was such a special lady. And, and Sue Pat, and Pat's Bob on the back for those listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It, it, it just a lot of things. And now mom's taken, you know, I, I remember when I was playing and grandma's still alive. And I used to think, wow, this, what this woman has seen, you know, from right. a baseball standpoint, she grew up with watching grandpa ray play his career watching dad throughout his career she's at my games right you know getting to see some of her grandkids at a little league level i mean she got this and i'm thinking what has patsy patsy boone is the most educated female she's seen more baseball games than probably anyone on the planet that you know before she died probably at that time so mom's getting to that point now where i look at mom and like wow mom's kind of taking over for grandma patsy 
she's probably seen more games than any woman probably on earth to this stage. <laughs> um, you talk about grandpa. Uh, he scouted for a long time after he, he retired for the Red Sox. <clears throat> and yeah. And he, uh, his best saying, he would tell the scouts, don't doubt a boon. <laughs> That was Grandpa's mantra. Don't doubt a boo. You know, and he was always all the way down to Jake. And he was always selling. He said, "Don't doubt a boon." Sue, I I have to know because I've seen the pictures of the boys in their little Philadelphia Phillies uniforms. Right. Where did those come from? Because we didn't have fan stores where I could walk into the mall and get little kids' uniforms. Well, like Bob said, we Phil, never the, Phillies, one. the Phillies were very family-oriented, and they got them every year when they played in the father-children's game. Oh, okay. And um, they get, and it was a authentic jersey, authentic pants, everything. They were they were great, and they got one every year. And uh, so that's how they got them. You still have and them? That's all, what? Do you still have them somewhere? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I've got. Brett, them. I, I have to see one. I have to see pictures of those one day, Brett. I have. I definitely yeah. have those, and I know exactly where they are. And then that's also. You were saying that Brett grew up with the Phillies, Aaron with the Angels, Matthew with Kansas City. However, Aaron had a lot of Philly too. Yeah, yeah. And that's where all his impersonations started. When let's talk about like okay uh, let's go down that old. rabbit hole because we've talked about that brett said that you know Aaron, how much younger is Aaron? four years, four years. Four years. so brett and the little man and and the rest of his friends would go out and um i'm not sure brett wanted to take Aaron with them but i think all the friends loved Aaron and said come on bring him along <laughs> and it's hard when you're there's a four-year difference and you know they're he's four they're eight they're eight he's they're 12 he's eight they're much bigger than he is but Brett said that he would sit there and, and call the games and do impersonations and and uh, would oh, be Harry oh, yeah. Callis and everything else. Tell me about that, Sue. He, uh, from the time he was little, he always used to do impersonations. And he was good at it. And it was fun to watch him. But I remember when he was, oh, I think he was probably about four or five. And Bob's parents, I still remember the time they came to visit. Bob's game was about to start on TV. And Aaron was allowed to have the family room during that time. So we had two couches and then the TV was in the center. And if you weren't going to play the game, you weren't allowed to sit there, period. And I allowed Aaron that because he was so serious about it. He played the pitcher and then he played a position and he played all nine innings. I mean, he was sweating by the end of the game. And I remember Bob's dad wanting to go over and sit on the couch and Aaron says, well, are you going to play? And he said, no. And he goes, well, you can't sit here. This is the dugout. You can't sit here if you're not going to play. And and Ray thought he was, I was absolutely nuts for allowing that to happen. But Aaron, that's he sang the national anthem, put his hand over his heart. He did the whole thing. Aaron. And that was just, I allowed him to do that. I thought it was important for him because it he, meant a lot to him at the time. It really you know? did. And yeah. And Rich, it, it was, I mean, cause I, yeah, it was my group of friends and, uh, 
that's the difference between me and Aaron. Aaron was that animated and he wanted to play the game. He wanted to announce the game. He, he did all of that stuff. Now, as the big brother, I, I really wasn't into that stuff, but I knew Aaron was. So I'd let him do it. And it, it didn't bother me taking Aaron, uh, letting your little brother tag along. I would let him tag along as much as, as whatever. If it was, if it was a spot where, where he would be able to, to really interact with my buddies. If we were going out and chasing girls when we were in seventh and eighth grade, Aaron's not coming, but going down the street to the Stoltz's house or, or, uh, you know, we're going to go play wiffle ball or street hockey or whatever we did back then. I liked bringing Aaron along because Aaron was always fun. He was always, if he, if, if the game got too hot for him and the kids were too old, well, then he would just announce the game. But most of the time, my friends were very cool and and they liked having Aaron along. He had a lot of personality. Uh, he had this little squeaky voice when he was a kid and, and he just, he was charming and people liked having Aaron around. And as a big brother, uh, you know, you, you, a lot of times big, big brothers and little brothers, they don't get along. Me and Aaron got along great. And I loved having him along. So I'd always try to make him a part of it. Like I said, unless it was uh, things that weren't appropriate for my four years to, to my, uh, to my junior to be there. But for the most part, we hung out a lot as kids and, and my friends, uh, were, were very welcoming to that. One more Sue about the, the young Boone boys growing up. How often did you have to use this phrase when Bob was on the road and and Brent and Aaron and Maddie were home? You wait till your father gets home. Um, I don't think I used it a lot, to be honest with you. I even I, with Brett. Oh well, maybe I heard it. I'm a few not times. saying I didn't ever use it. I didn't use it probably as much as people would think because he was gone for a week at a time. That didn't do any good to go over something a week later unless it was something important rich, rich i'll give you an example if dad's coming home saturday i was smart enough not to act up thursday or friday because it would be <laughs> too fresh in mom's memory i'd do all my uh, hijinks monday tuesday mom would threaten me on tuesday wait till your dad comes home saturday but i know she's going to forget by then and i can butter her up by that so i was i was i was a conniver i knew how to work the system so sue getaway day was awful cuz you had to pack bob to send him on the road and you knew that brent was going to start acting up uh not always but yeah yeah i had to keep <laughs> close tabs on him and you know that's just brent but to this day it's really nice we're very close i'm really close with all my boys but uh i talked to brent I think every day mm -hmm. practically. And it's kind of nice because people always talk about how mothers and sons, once the sons move out and go on and get married, they're not as close. And I haven't, that isn't the case in our house. You know, my boys are all very close and I talk to them all the time. Aaron is the, I talk to him the least, but he calls me at least once a week, if not twice a week. So yeah, I talk to them all. So, I lost my mom a couple of years ago, but she used to remind me every once in a while I call her, I'd be frustrated with my kid. And she goes, well, you know, God only gives you what you deserve. <laughs> yeah. Right. So That's she, uh, yeah. So she would say, well, you were awful. And if your kid's uh, being a pain, you deserve it for everything you put me through. So we told a story uh, a couple of weeks ago, Brett told the story about uh, uh, Isaiah uh, with his electric car backing into the garage door 
And then he also told me the story about the time that he borrowed his dad's truck without permission. The Bronco. The Bronco to go skiing. And then he blew the transmission and got stuck and, and everything. So so tell me about watching your boys uh, who, you know, for the most part, I think we've all agreed, Brett was the most trying, Aaron was the best, and, and, and Matthew's, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the king of the group because he's become so successful afterwards and everything he's done. Um, tell me about the boys now having kids of their own and you get to remind them, well, you know, when you were a kid, you did this. <laughs> well, I think Brett said it right at the beginning of the show. Judah is his, his one that is the most like him. And he pushes all Brett's buttons and pushes them right to the edge until Brett has to break down and say something. I think that's it. And as far as uh, Aaron, Aaron's got a whole different setup because they have the two adopted children from uh, Haiti. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, his son is the, the his natural born son is um, a lot like Aaron really smart, really smart. And, um, he just called us up what a week or so ago and told us he took the SATs and he got scored. What's the highest you can score on it? No, he got, yeah. He got a 1520, 1586. Wow. And he said, he's going back and taking it again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cause no. it upset him that he didn't ace it. Well, that's why we have, <laughs> that's why we have Stanford grads in the family and Princeton grads. And then uh, those others that went to USC, right? The SC undergrads. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're the undergrads at SC. <laughs> well, Bob, Brett was telling us the other day that, you know, you do have that that little thing to hang over the head that you went to Stanford, they went to SC, but now Jake went to Princeton. <laughs> so him and da Jake and Dad can argue about it. Who's smarter? Yeah. We do. Okay. <laughs> Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business gold card. Okay, Bob, I got to ask you a question because we this is all the stuff we talk about in the podcast. Tell me about playing against Brett's team and then coaching him because you had the unique opportunity. I think Brett, you told me in the minor leagues, you played against your dad. And I think Aaron was on your dad's team. And then your dad was your coach in Cincinnati as well. So Bob, talk to me about being on the field with and against your boys. Well, <clears throat> for me, the, the great part of that is this when I started managing and I had, I had Brett and I had uh, uh, Aaron, <clears throat> is that I could see them every game. And my whole career, I didn't get to see them. I didn't get to see them play their little league and, I, and all their games are coming up uh, because I was playing in the major leagues. And then when I got managing, started managing in, in the major leagues, and I had my kids ended up on my team. And the great part of that for me was I got to watch him every day, you know, and I had to, we had to train him to say, look, you're just, I'm the manager and you're, you're a player. 
And that's how I reacted with them. <clears throat> but for me, I got to watch him play every game at a, at a major league level. And that was very special for me. And uh, that was, was that difficult at all? The what? Was that difficult at all? No. To separate the two? Having your boys boing, I get to see them. This is uh, God's given me a gift here. I get to see them a little bit more, but you still have, you're still professional. Yeah. And, and no, it was a joy for me because when they weren't uh, major leaguers, I didn't get to see them. I'm playing every day, and so were they <laughs> at a different field and a different league. And uh, so I didn't get to see them play then. You know, I'd catch them, or, you know, I'd get some, some little. TV time, but when I started managing and they got to the major leagues and played for me, the exciting factor for me was, yeah, with them, I'm the manager, you're the player. But every night I got to sit in that dugout and uh, watch them like I was their dad watching them play. And that was, for me, a tremendous thrill. I don't think Bob had a hard time, though, separating the manager from the father. He's always been, he's been able to do that. And the kids, I think really respect him for that because that's just how Bob is. He knows as a manager, he's Bob's going to be straight with them and tell them exactly what they need to hear, whether they want to hear it or not. And then as a father, he's going to be their father and guide them in any, in whatever direction he feels is important. Bob, all three boys have said this. I think I've read from everybody. I know Bob, uh, Brett says it all the time. You never put any pressure on them to play baseball. So no. many parents now, um, again, my son's about the same age as Jake and going through little league and, and, and travel ball and all the rest. I see all these parents out there and they act like maniacs. And, uh, in today's day and age, these parents are paying five, six, $7,000 a year for their kids to play travel ball. And they put so much pressure on them, whether they have the natural ability or the God given talent. Um, Talk to me about what your thought is when the boy said, we want to play baseball. Uh, nobody ever said that. No? <laughs> they were just playing all the time. We were going from Little League games, and, and we knew it. I mean, I knew it, and they had the skill to do it. Uh, so so that, you know, and teaching is, is really talking sometimes like you can't do this, you've got to do this, but in bringing them up. You know, that was a thrill for me and for them. They were doing it on their own. And I'm <laughs> if you're ever around me, I've got a lot of opinions. So so poor Jay, uh, Brett's son, Jake, who's a really good player, you know, I'm giving him advice all the time, more than Brett does. <laughs> and, you know, and he'll swing at a pitch, a bad pitch, up in the strike zone in his game. And after the game, I'll talk him, boy, you had a really good swing at this at bat and that at bat. But, you know, you can't chase this one and swing that hard. Uh, you know, so I'm always – I'm talking about baseball people, about baseball stuff that I know. And, uh, you know, Jake gets hit with a lot of that from me, more probably more than his dad gives him. But Well, I'll tell you, uh, Rich. That was the yeah. way it was just coming up. It was a thrill for me. But I, you know, I do, and, and dad does because, and I tell Jake this all the time, uh, Jake, that's what grandpas do because that's, that's, what my, did. that's what grandpa used to do to me. I mean, I've, you know, I've told the story a hundred times. I'd come out of that, that clubhouse after the game, 
uh, family's waiting for us and Gramps is always waiting and he's sitting in the back. All my, you know, all my aunts and uncles are waiting for just me to say hi, but Gramps always had to have a special time with me. He was going to be last and I was going to go over and we're going to talk about the game and it didn't matter how good of a game he'd be. He'd be a little bit. He'd be easy on me if I had a real rough game, but if I had a really good game, three for four, drove in three, maybe hit a homer. I mean, that first question is, what happened that fourth at bat? And I say, Gramps, what are you talking about? What about the three hits? I don't care about those. I want to talk about that fourth one. So I was used to it, but I knew that's what Grandpa did. That was Grandpa. That's what Grandpa's did. And and my relationship with Jacob is kind of like my dad's was with me. Dad's going to have his opinion, but he's usually going to wait for me to come to him. I take that approach with Jacob. He has a rough game. I'm not going to sit him down after the game and talk about his rough game. I'm going to let him sit on it. Hey, tough one, kiddo. It happens. <laughs> and maybe the next day he's going to give me a call. Dad, in that second at bat, I just, you know, and now we'll talk about the game. Whereas grandpa's more, more apt to just come, hey, that swing, you went really hard at it. <laughs> and I'll just sit there and Jacob, and I'll look at Jacob. I'll say, Jacob, this is what grandpas do. Okay. And I got to know this. Jacob thing. understands that. I've got to tell you in that, yes. in that mix. One of the funniest things that I ever heard, my dad was dying. He was in the hospital. <laughs> Brett's in, uh, had come up to Anaheim. They were playing there. So I said, you know, he was in the hospital in San Diego. So he finished a day game. So we talked about, well, we're going to have to run, run down and see Gramps. So <laughs> the two of us go down. Uh, my dad's in bad shape. We go to the we go to the hospital, and we go in to see Brett's playing with uh, with uh, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. So we go into the to where he's in the hospital, laying in the bed, and we come in and we're talking, and uh, <laughs> my dad starts asking him about how are you doing. And he said, you know, I've really been struggling, Gramps, the last week and a half. I've been doing this and that. And my dad's just laying there, and he's on his deathbed. He says to Brett, Brett's talking about, I've really been struggling the last week. And he used to hit the way he held the bat. Right. My dad used to get on him all the time about, you can't hold it like, you can't hold the bat like that. You've got to hold it like this. And so we're in the hospital, and, and the first thing my dad asked Brett is, "How you doing, Brett?" Brett said, "Oh, Gramps, I've really been I've been struggling the last week and a half." And my dad just he raised his arms up and put his his hands together like Brett held the bat, and my dad used to tell him, "You can't hold it that way." <laughs> and all he did, he laid back and, and just went, "Oh, you're struggling now. Well, you can hold the bats like this." <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, because oh, I, I wrap that top end, baby. Wait a second. I something just popped in my head because we were talking about the hospital. This, this just popped in my. I don't think I've, we've ever asked this, Sue. All Star Game, Seattle. The the Boone men are up doing baseball stuff. Uh, you said that that your folks there with you is you're having the baby the same day as the All Star Game. I, I have to ask you this question: Did they have a TV for you to watch the game while you were delivering the baby? No. Oh no. I just wondering if you got a chance to see the game. But plus, I was delivering, and the next, and we got into our room uh, the next morning, and I'm laying in my bed, 
and there's something floating down from the ceiling. And I look at my roommate and I said, do you see something floating down on your bed? And she said, yeah. And it turns out to be ashes. And all of a sudden they're shoving, throwing the babies in our room on a cart and say, get out the window. The hospital's on fire. <laughs> we had to evacuate out the window with the babies. And I had to wait in the parking lot. And Jean Luzinski came to pick me up. And this was after having a C-section. It was brutal. holy cow. no Bob. No wonder people were writing you letters complaining. Oh, it was. It was not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I kind of put the letters down because you know when I was there in uh, in Seattle for the for the uh, for the starting the game, and you're getting you know getting interviewed by a lot of different people, and it became a big deal that. Oh, I'm here catching a game, and my wife is in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania or New Jersey, having Matthew. And from there, I got a lot of mail that they they weren't real happy with me uh, that I was doing that. Is that you went to play baseball and your wife's having a baby? What kind of person? They also are you? they also changed Matthew's name on me because I went into the hospital and I we were going to name him Joshua David was going to be his name. And they voted in the clubhouse and they told me, <laughs> I think it was on TV, on national TV. They said, we voted down Joshua David and voted for Matthew Joseph. And so I changed wow. the name to Matthew Joseph because in the paper the next day they had said, Sue Boone, wife of Bob gives birth to Joshua David. That was Lou Brock that changed the name. Now nah, it sounded good though, didn't it? Well, the, now, the, now the best part of the story is a couple of years ago, was it last year, Brett? Uh, you what? gave Matthew a really special no, no. gift. Dad did. Dad oh, did. very cool. Yeah. yeah. The, you, 79, gave the 79 him. ring. Yeah, from uh, the All-Star game. The All-Star game, Matt. Yeah. Matt has it as, uh, I mean, talk about a family heirloom the day that yeah, you were born that, in the All-Star game. Yeah, Dad decided to give it to Matthew for, it was his birthday, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And wow. I just thought, you know, you think about it birthday present you get a cool birthday present but that was well thought out and i thought what what a cool thing we were at that all-star game maddie was born yeah and then fast forward 40 years and maddie gets the ring and and matthew i i remember that day when he got it he was kind of looking at me like that is one of the that is maybe the coolest gift i've ever oh, gotten i thought about it it's incredible. awesome it's awesome um convenient <laughs> sue i have to ask you a question okay just like patsy and all the games that she's seen, you're you're right there between Bob, the boys, and and now we're gonna watch we're gonna watch Jake and 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 others. Um, tell me about sitting in the stands watching these Boone men play. You <laughs> kept score, but there's probably also fans, especially Philadelphia, uh, going on the road, uh, going to Yankee Stadium to watch uh, to watch Uncle Aaron manage or watching Brett. You probably have a story or two of sitting in the stands watching these Boone boys play or hearing something from the fans in the stands. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of stories like that. I, I mean, I saw so many games. I, I'm i trying to – the year – actually, the year we won the World Series in 1980, I remember Bob didn't have a great year that year. He had kind of an off year. His batting average was low. He sat on the bench off and on. 
And I remember right at the, we were, we were in the playoffs uh, or going to the playoffs if we won. We went to Montreal. And I was at home and I was watching the game. And Danny uh, Ozark had put Bob on the bench. And he wasn't catching that game. And we ended up. It got to, I can't remember the details like the guys can, but I remember in the ninth inning, I think Mike Schmidt got up and hit a home run, tied the game, and Danny had Bob come in and pinch hit. And I remember I was so upset because I thought, Lord, I had been praying so hard that Bob would have a good series. He hasn't really been in and done anything, but now you are going to make him the goat by putting him in after they've tied up the game and he's got a hit. And sure enough, he gets up and he doubles down the line and they end up winning the game that throws him into the playoffs with Houston. That was one story. I was I was amazed. And Bob went on to have a fantastic playoff series. And I remember going in to see him after the Houston series before we went to play Kansas City for the World Series. And Bob had hurt his foot and um, could hardly walk on it. Just, it just broken. Yeah. And I went, they ushered all of us wives down into the clubhouse so we could be with the guys and celebrate and everything. And I went down there and Bob was nowhere around. Everybody else was in the clubhouse and they took me to the back room and Bob was with the trainer. And I remember him, he had a pillow over his face and I looked at his foot and from the ankle down to the tip of his toes, it was black. It was just black. And I thought, I, I mean, I know he played in a lot of pain during that series, but he had a fantastic series. And then he went on in the World Series and they ended up winning. And actually, I think he ended up hitting like 412 in the playoffs in the World Series. It was kind of kind of cool. And he should have gotten the MVP for the series, but Mike Schmidt somehow <laughs> weaseled his way yeah. to the top yeah. of the, you know. I mean, he, I, I think it's only fair. Well, I think it's only fair because he did change Brett's diaper. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He did. Yeah, he did change. <laughs> uh, so, but so Al Kaline, Al Kaline used to change Bob's. Wow. Used to babysit, babysit. There you go. From my parents. <laughs> so I don't. I, I don't know if Brett told you this. When I was a kid, I begged my dad to take me to see the Phillies and the Giants at Candlestick Park, and it was helmet day, so they're giving away Giants helmets. But I begged my dad to buy me a Phillies helmet. So I had that plastic batting helmet, and it took me three months to try to put, because uh, Bob had his his uh, his number on the back of his batting of, of his catcher's helmet, and it yeah. took me probably three months with an exacto knife to cut out <laughs> his number to put on the on the back of my hat, oh and my I'd gosh. walk around with it. The only kid in Northern California walking around with a plastic Phillies cap. With Bob's number on the front, and I had to wear it backwards, <laughs> of no matter course. what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, your <laughs> that is outstanding. Okay, so I have to ask you. I have to ask uh, Mr. And Mrs. Boone this. Give me the difference, Sue, between watching your husband play and the passion and the emotions of that, and the passions of motion of watching Brett and Aaron and Matt versus Jake. Okay, watching. Watching Bob's play, Bob play, it was, when he was struggling, it was rough to watch. It was, it was hard because I wanted him 
you know, I always wanted him to do really well. So when he was struggling, it was rough. But watching my kids play, oh my gosh, it would, yeah, I I can't really explain it. It's just, that's why when I went to Little League games and high school games and the parents would always say to me, you're not even nervous. And I said, well, I said, you know, I don't know. I, I'm watching them play and I'm pulling for them and I'm wanting them to do well. On that level, I was fine not nervous at all. It wasn't until they got into the big leagues. Then I was nervous for him. And I was more nervous than I was for my husband, for sure. No comparison. And then with, and then now with Jake. And now with Jake, we watch Jake play every day. I mean, we've got our games tuned in. We've got the Yankees game on, we've got Jake's game on. And then we watch Savannah's fiance with Oakland play. So we're watching six hours at least, if not more of baseball every day day every day that is and awesome yesterday we had no games and i have had no idea what to do with himself i mean everyone was off yesterday he was wow. like <sighs> crazy all right so so booney we need to wrap things up because we've we've gone longer but this has been such a fun visit with your mom and dad so bob and Sue, I know you 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 listen to the podcast. So we we do a couple things when we end up our our turning two with Booney. We ask what Brett's watching, and then we ask him for a Boone approved. So I'm gonna ask if you wouldn't mind joining us in this. So uh, you know, because Brett likes to watch and binge Netflix and Prime and everything else under the sun. So Booney, what are you watching now? All right, continued. I'm I'm one episode off on succession. Uh once again, i I can't tell you why it's gotten a little bit better in the last two. You know, I've been frustrated with the, the road it was going down, but I can't give it. If I tell you why it's getting better right now, then it'll ruin ruin it for the people that are just starting to watch Succession. So I, I got an episode of Succession in and I started a new one and it's called Treason. Oh, Pretty I good. saw that. I saw the preview for that. Two episodes. Once again, it's one of those. Uh, if you watch terminal list, if you liked terminal list, try this. What did I do? Then I went and, and I watched, uh, night agent, night agent. And if you like night agent, you'll like this. Well, they pushed me to treason. I like the opening. I like the trailer. I'm two, uh, I'm two episodes in. I think it's, it's not going to be a terminal list, but it's, uh, it's a B level terminal list. So it's entertaining. That's what I'm watching right now. What are Mr. What are Mr. And Mrs. Boone watching? Well, I give them suggestions all the time, and it's it's 80, 20, 80 being to the negative that they'll follow me up. I try to tell them how good Ozark is, how good I, this show is. Hey. They, Mom will give it an effort. Dad has a low, quick. She's he's got a short attention span. I watch Ozark, and I'm also one episode behind in Succession. Bob won't watch either one. Do you yeah, guys watch Yellowstone? Oh yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> 1883, Yellowstone, 1926. Yeah, we've watched all those. Bob watches The Lone Ranger. Yes. Uh, well, Tales of Wells Fargo. Yep. The Rifleman. Love The Rifleman. Every day. Those are our go-tos every afternoon before the game. And um, that's about all he watches, I think. Well, we've got six hours of baseball every day. So Bob, been, I've been teaching Sue for the last several months. And Rich, well, before the happening in the game, before <laughs> the pitch, the what? before the pit, before the pitch clock, they would watch nine hours a day. That's true. <laughs> Bob, what's the best cowboy movie? What's your favorite cowboy movie? 
Uh, yesterday I watched uh, uh, Gene Autry. Gene Autry's game about about six episodes. Yeah, there was about six in a row. You know, I played for Gene Autry right. in uh, Anaheim. That was uh, that was really a privilege. I watched I watched like four to six hours of of his shows uh, as a I cowboy. I got the hat on. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> okay, so last thing we do is Boone approved. So, Mr. and Mrs. Boone, I know that you named him Brett, but he goes by the Boone uh, more often than not. So, Boone approved, Brett. Cable television or cord cutting? Is cord cutting where you just get rid of your cable TV and you just use apps and streaming? Is that Boone approved? Uh, once again, what's my patented line right now? Context. Can I use context, Rich? It's your podcast. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is really intriguing to me. This cord cutting, and and I I'm glad you gave me a verbiage for it. Now it is cord cutting. I didn't know the official term for people that don't have cable boxes. I've been looking at my cable box. I watch a couple channels. I got the baseball channel, so I can turn in anything. But you can do that on an MLB app. I'm I'm pretty sure. I pay four hundred dollars a month in cable. I don't know why. I don't know why it's that expensive. Uh, and it and it kind of frustrates me to to a degree. And I think if I went out and got YouTube and I talked to my kids all the time, I said, what does that YouTube channel have? If you sign up for the whole thing, Oh, it got, it's got everything. I said, okay. Then you got the Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Peacock. You can have them all and you could probably do it for about half the price. But I, but I panic rich because I panic because it's going to be Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> kids aren't going to be around. And I can't turn tune it into channel seven. I got to go on some app, and that's the one time I'm going to lose. So I continue to pay the four hundred dollars. I'd have to say if if I get around to it and I put my mind to it and really kind of get into this century, it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, I just so, don't know. So, I just so don't know line, if I'm going to do it. Bottom line cutting, is cord cutting Boone approved. Damn it, I've got to do it. It is approved. Boone approved. No, you don't. All right, we've gotten a little bit longer on this podcast, but it's been such a treat to have uh, Sue and Bob Boone joining us. Hey, don't forget, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a review, leave us a five-star rating, tell your friends about it, share it, download the Odyssey app, and uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your, your podcast. And I have to tell you, um, I hope we could do this again, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Boone. It has been such a pleasure hearing all of these stories firsthand from you that Brett shares about his brothers and growing up and, and, uh, and Ray and Patsy and everyone else. It's just been, it's just been a pleasure being able to catch up with you. And I hope we could do it again real soon. That'd be great. Thanks. Rich. We'll, really we'll try to come it. up with some more ammo. There you go. Yeah. Next time I want all the dirt on Brett <laughs> is not fit for, for, uh, there's a lot. There. Oh, there's <laughs> a lot. There's a lot. But again, thanks to, to Brett's mom and dad, uh, Sue Boone, Bob Boone. Uh, there's a reason why I'll just tell you this as we wrap everything up. There's a reason why all three of your boys are so successful. There's a reason why, uh, I spent so much time with Brett. There's a reason why Aaron has been so successful. There's a reason why Matt's been so successful and it comes from that Boone family tree. So, uh, as much as, uh, I admire them, I admire you as well. And, and you could tell the apple didn't fall far from the tree for Ray, from Bob, from from Brett, Aaron, and Matt, and all the way to, to Jake and Savannah and Isaiah and uh, um, and all the boys, uh, the twins, 
and Judah and and all of uh, all your other grandkids. Uh, there's something there's something special in that Boone name. So never doubt a Boone, whether it was <laughs> Daniel, uh, Bob, Ray, or any of the rest of the Boons. I really appreciate you all spending time with us. So. For everyone here at the Brett Boone Podcast, we appreciate you joining us. We'll catch up with you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 